Um, I just want to welcome everybody. Happy Mother's Day. We're so glad to see you. We're so glad to be here. I love, um, I, typically I, well, sometimes I will um, request songs from the worship team. Sometimes I'll say like, we need to sing this song. And, and they, they indulge me with wanting to do that. And sometimes I just forget to look at what they're doing. Uh, just because I have a, I have enough things to cover and they have enough things to cover. So that's the beauty of the body, right? Is that we each bring what we have to the table. Well, today is pretty special because um, two of the songs they sang, I feel like really reference what I felt like some of the scriptures God gave me. And the first one was that as the spirit is moving over the waters, come rest on us, come rest on us, um, move over us. That comes from one of my favorite verses, one of my favorite images in the Bible, and that's from the very opening verse, Genesis 1, 1 and 2. And I love that passage, and it's my first one that I'm going to open with today, so I'm so glad we sang that song. It says, uh, Genesis 1, 1 through 4, and I'm using the amplified version, in the beginning, God, in the beginning, God created. Now, amplified, what it does is it extends, it amplifies the words from the definitions and translations. And so instead of me saying, and they say it this way in this translation and that way in that translation, I was like, why don't I just use the amplified more? <laughs> so that's what I'm doing today. In the beginning, God created by forming from nothing, the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void or a waste and emptiness and darkness was upon the face of the deep, the primeval ocean that covered the unformed earth. And the spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. The spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. I love this image, that picture of the spirit of God moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. We see a very similar picture and idea in Deuteronomy 32. In Deuteronomy 32, 9 through 12, um, there, it's, right, it's written about the people of Israel belonging to the Lord. It says, the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is a special possession. Jacob was a tribe or a people group. He found them in a desert land in an empty, howling wasteland. He surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes. Like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young. So that's the other place we see that word. Like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young. So he spread his wings to take them up and carried them safely on his pinions. The Lord alone guided them. I love that picture. Just that that opening picture of this empty howling wasteland, this formless, deep, dark waters. And the spirit of God, the spirit, which is the ruha, something like that. I don't know how to say it. But it's the wind, breath, mind of heaven comes in like a mother eagle, like a brooding hen, and spreads her wings, surrounding, watching over, hovering, carrying along safely, speaking light, speaking creation into being, creating order with light and darkness. So I looked up on the internet, as we do, right? <laughs> to find out what a brooding hen is, what a brooding hen does. I was like, what does a brooding hen 
like? And there was an overwhelming response of people who raise chickens who do not want brooding hens. <laughs> that was the overwhelming. I was like, where's the positive brooding hen? But that's because people who raise chickens want to eat chicken eggs for breakfast, right? They're the best. But a brooding hen is totally attached to one set of eggs. They don't leave them. They warm them. They're doing, um, they're tending those eggs, keeping them warm until they hatch at about eight weeks and up into about eight weeks of age, they provide heat and other necessary care during the chick's early growth period. That's why people who want chicken eggs don't want brooding hens because that brooding hen is just fixed on seeing this little chick come to full life, full fruition. Um, did you all know we have a prayer email list here at church? If you wanna know about needs we have in our congregation, just send us an email at staff or let me know and we'll add you to this list where you get email updates. And so I didn't know that Amanda, I'm so glad she's here today. She was sick. I found out like a weekend that she was sick. Next thing I know, she has pneumonia, a terrible pneumonia. Next thing I know, her mom is flying into town. Like I heard about it in the morning and her mom was flying in that afternoon or something like that. My timing might be messed up there, but I was like, her mom's name is Laurel. And she's like, I don't care if I'm in Texas and she's in Utah, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna be there. I'm so thankful that she had the resources, the time and the ability to do that. We don't often have that, right? But her mom came to surround her, to watch her, to speak life over her, to be creative with her care, to make sure this pneumonia didn't go to a place it shouldn't go. I think about mothers when we're pregnant and our bellies are full. I would think, oh my gosh, I feel like there are dark waters in there and I'm brooding over this and I'm speaking life over this, these waters and this whatever's happening in here. So there's this creative life element of the Holy Spirit, and then there's care and order of the Holy Spirit. Times when we're sick, when we're like, I don't know if I can breathe, when we need a miracle, we need a healing. We feel like we're living in an empty, howling wasteland with formless, dark, bottomless seas. And we're like, we need the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit to come and be like, let there be light. And then order the days of creation over our life. We need the spirit of God to move over the waters, breathing life and creating order. Today, we're continuing our series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about gifts of healings and working of miracles, healings and miracles. And also a little bit about objections and fears we have to believing for and praying for healings and miracles. Let me start with a definition about gifts of healings. This is from my study Bible. The next slide, please. Gifts of healings are those healings that God performs supernaturally by the Spirit. The plural suggests that the, as there are many sicknesses and diseases, the gift is related to healings of many disorders. That's right. So in the Bible, we see lepers, the blind, the sick, the lame, people tormented by demons and unclean spirits. Awesome. That's what healing is for. 
then the working of miracles is a manifestation of power beyond the ordinary course of natural law. It is a divine enablement to do something that could not be done naturally. So think about walking on water, calming storms, multiplication of the loaves and fishes, miraculous escapes, resurrection, the resurrection power of Christ. Amazing. So I would like to open... I always have long introductions. They're usually about a third, so don't worry. I know that was a long introduction, but I'd like to pray as I continue. So Lord, I just pray. I ask for a supernatural impartation of faith today in our midst. I pray for truth encounters for us, power encounters by your spirit, and love encounters. That as we talk about healings and miracles Signs and wonders would break out among us. That healing would break out. The miracles would break out for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let it be, Lord. So I want to start looking at healings and miracles. Last week, we spoke about the Great Commission and how Jesus sent us to operate in signs and wonders. He's like, go, you're going to go. You're going to cast out demons. You're going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to be healed. You're going to be protected. You're going to be empowered. So he said that right before he went to heaven. But when he started his ministry with his disciples, it started with healings and miracles from the very get-go. But before he called his disciples, like he called us, what did Jesus do? Luke 6, 12 through 13 says, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. Now, an apostle is a messenger, someone who is sent. So Jesus starts this all with going out to a mountainside to pray. Jesus models for us that our doing always flows out of our being with him right? Before we start healing, before we start miracles, before we start walking out on the waters, we've spent time, we spend time, we walk, we abide, we work, we play, we sit, we're quiet in the presence of God. Our doing for God flows from our being with God. Matthew 10 describes what happens next. When he called those 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Amazing. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So Luke 9 puts it this way. Luke 9, 1 through 2. One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority. In case we didn't get power and in case we don't get authority, we get power and authority to cast out all demons and heal all diseases. What? All demons and all diseases? Yes. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. It's interesting. Read the rest of that passage later. If people don't want it, we don't force it on them. We let them be. Just don't forget that. <laughs> Some people don't want the good news. They don't want healing. We just let them be. God loves them. God's going to look out for them and they, they'll figure it out. But power and authority is associated with telling people about the kingdom of God, and the kingdom comes with healing and freedom from evil. 
So like our prayer email list, if you want to be on that, let me know. We also have missionaries that we have sent to preach the good news, to operate in signs and wonders, to the ends of the earth, to Southeast Asia, to be precise. We've got Cheryl, Ben, Rachel, and Noah. They're all over there. If you would like to be on their newsletters, their email newsletters, let you can sign up by getting their information in the foyer or with me, and I'll tell you how. But I love getting their newsletters because they tell us really amazing stories about how God is moving in the nations. I want to read one from the May newsletter of Ben and Rachel Brooks. It says this, okay, the Sakura team is a team on an island in Indonesia, and it's made up of Indonesians from and Malaysians from other islands who've come to this island to spread the good news of the gospel. This is what Rachel wrote. Daily, the Sakura team goes out to share the love of Jesus. They share Bible stories with people in their community. They lead Bible studies and pray for those in need. Along with that, they also care for people's tangible needs by providing food, cleaning, or caring for the elderly and children. They understand that the presentation of the gospel needs to be holistic, meeting both the physical and spiritual needs of people. You can see they're providing food in that bottom right-hand picture. Last month, Manto and Suti were celebrating and showing their commitment to Jesus by being baptized. So they had some people who were baptized, but Manto was ill with swollen feet, shortness of breath, and weak. But upon prayer, he was suddenly healed with no swelling in his feet, feet or shortness of breath or weakness. God healed him. Now when the team comes to serve and meet their practical needs, Manto and Suti only want to hear Jesus' stories and pray. Isn't that beautiful? They discovered something way bigger than food and help. They discovered Jesus' stories and the power of prayer. They are so thankful to Jesus, the one who has touched their lives. I love that partnership. There's love, there's truth, and there's power. Healings and miracles are gifts that we don't, that I don't experience as often as I would like. And I don't understand when and why God heals and when God doesn't. Sometimes I think I do, and then things get discombobulated, and I'm like, oh, I haven't figured this out yet. It's very mysterious. It's very hard to understand, and I want to talk a little bit about that. I really love the Chosen TV series because I think it expands my imagination to things I might not have thought of before. If you haven't watched it, it's a TV series about Jesus. And in that series, they have um, James, the lesser in church tradition, but in the Chosen, they call him Little James, which I don't like, but that's what they call him. They call him little James. He's the ninth apostle in all of the lists. He's not James, the brother of John, or James, the brother of Jesus. He's James, little James. But in the Chosen series, he walks with a limp, and he's crippled. And he's struggling with the fact that he's one of Jesus' 12 apostles, and Jesus hasn't healed him yet. And Jesus sends him out to go heal people. I think about Paul when he talks about, there's a scripture that says Paul had a thorn in his flesh that he pled and pled and pled and pled with Jesus or with God to remove it from him. It was like, we don't know what it is. Was it a sin issue? Was it a addiction? We, we just, was it a sickness? Was it, we just have no idea what this thorn in the flesh is. 
but he's like, God, deliver me from this. And God doesn't. This is the apostle Paul. So we have these examples in scriptures and an imagination of people whose prayers aren't answered. And I'm going to say a few more. But we know that God also sent us to go in authority and faith to operate in healings and miracles. How is this, Lord? How is this paradox, this tension that we walk in? I'm going to talk about this right now. And I'm grappling with this. I'm wrestling with this. I don't have all the answers. What I know is I want to be honest and real. And I also want to be full of faith and expectation. And I will pray for every, I will lay hands on every one of you if you want it. And I believe for God to do healing and um, breakthrough in your life. But I don't always understand how it works. So I'm going to just process some of that with you. I love a book. Um, called What If Jesus Was Serious About Prayer. My kids are tired of me talking about it. I've given it to all of them. I just love it. And uh, Sky Jatani, he's a pastor. He's um, the author of it, and it has lots of cartoons in it too. So I, it's a graphic prayer novel. I don't know, graphic prayer journal. I don't know what you want to call that. <laughs> and he says that we know from scripture that Jesus spoke authoritatively, not like other religious leaders. It says that in Matthew 7. We know that Jesus carried authority beyond teaching ministry when he banished spirits, healed the sick, lame, blind, and deaf. So it may not be surprising if we have come to recognize Jesus as God incarnate. But we can often overlook that Jesus also gave his followers power and authority to proclaim the kingdom and to heal. This is the basis for authoritative prayer. So why do we rarely use it? Not around here. We, we use it as often as we can, right? But sometimes we don't. <laughs> I spoke last week about how we can be afraid of prayer. How we've seen people be deceitful, presumptuous, showy, abusive, immature, with all the ideas of signs and wonders. But this isn't the only reason we ignore authoritative prayer. We're also afraid that our prayers for healing and deliverance or victory will go unanswered. We don't want to look silly or foolish, driven by emotion, or we don't want our faith to appear weak or powerless. Sky Jatani says this, to overcome these fears, we ought to remember two things. First, we do not pray authoritatively because our prayers will always accomplish what we intend. Instead, we pray authoritatively because we are God's children who have been granted access to his power through Christ's redemption on the cross. Amen. He's given us his power and authority, and he's told us to operate in it. We're children of God. This Holy Spirit is hovering over the deep of the waters, is moving over our lives. We invited the Holy Spirit to do that today. For the last few weeks um, in a row, beginning with the day of our Sega Lily Church rename, we had this image of waiting for when we bloom, waiting for when God brings the increase. We've also referenced a couple, heard the reference a couple of times to the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
That's the story when these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, refused to bow to an idol. And because they refused to bow to the king's idol, he says, you're going in a fiery furnace. But it, and you're going to be burned in there if you don't bow to these other gods. Let me read Daniel 3, 17 through 18. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. I mean, look at that authority. If we're thrown in there, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us. Our God is able to heal us and he will. Our God is able to move in power and he will. But even if he does not, <laughs> but even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. We finish with that song, Holy Spirit, burn like a fire, consume me with your glory. I can't sing it, but I want to sing it. Open heavens, crash over me. Holy Spirit, rain when we're in that fire, like a flood, please. <laughs> now we know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were delivered, but it isn't always like that, is it? In the New Testament story in Acts 12, the first James, James the brother of John, is imprisoned in the early church. He's imprisoned by Herod, and put to death by the sword. Peter is also imprisoned. But Peter experiences a miracle when an angel comes to get him out of prison. Why Peter and not James? This is one of Sky Chitani's great graphics. Peter's in prison, James in prison. People pray for them. One is killed, one is freed. Lord, how does this work? Why does God answer the prayers of the church on behalf of one and not the other? John the Baptist, right? See, graphic teaching, I, I love it. Illustrations, help me. <laughs> Thank you, Caleb. Why was John the Baptist beheaded when he, knew, when he knows Jesus, his cousin, is the one prophesied about in Isaiah 61, who will set the prisoners free? These are things we wrestle with, right? We want, we want to talk about them and wrestle through them and have faith increase. I know it's paradoxical. In our EHS and EHR course, the Emotionally Healthy courses, courses that we take, we talk a lot about expectations. It's such a good course. We learn, for example, that um, expectations have to be conscious and identified. Oh, I have this expectation. That's the first time it's like the light comes on. I have this expectation. The next thing we, we talk about is, is my expectation realistic? Is this an expectation I should have? Next, we realize we should speak our expectations, especially if we have an expectation of someone in our midst. Like, I have this expectation of you, Andy. And he's like, what? <laughs> I didn't know you had any expectations of me. And then we have to say, do you agree upon that expectation? He's like, no, I don't even know what it is. I didn't even know you had one. This is how relationships work, right? We, we, we have to realize our expectations and work through them. Um, there was a zinger in the class the other night when it said, um, 
when I realized from what the class was saying is that sometimes I have expectations on people that they can't say no to. And if you can't say no to the expectation that I have of you, then it's a demand. It's not an expectation. I was like, ooh, how many demands do I have on people? And then I was like, I was preparing for this message. I was like, do I have demands on God for how God's going to respond? And then they said in the course that unmet expectations is one of the greatest causes of depression. I, I don't have any facts to verify that, but I was like, ooh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's what the Proverbs say. How am I holding my expectations and how am I holding any demand? Do I have demands of God? And how do I work through that? Do I come to God with childlike faith expectations or do I come to God with demands that he can't say no to? And that's often when our faith crashes to that bottomless dark pit of the sea. And we invite the Holy Spirit, oh, Holy Spirit, come hover over the waters. Come do something creative. Come bring order, bring separate light from darkness. Sky Jatani says this, our unanswered prayer or receiving an answer we do not want is no reason to neglect the authority granted to us as God's beloved children or to make our desires known to him. We got to keep bringing every request to God. He's asked us to come in faith, believing that he's going to do something. The second fear he describes, the next slide, please, Caleb. Thank you so much. The second is if we fear losing our religious respectability, we ought to remember that neither Jesus nor his apostles were respected by the religious authorities either. They associated with the wrong people, fasted too little, and failed to observe many of the pious customs of their culture. Jesus and his apostles were far more interested in delivering the oppressed from their chains than winning the approval of their oppressors. Oh, Lord, I want to be like that. Lord, I don't want any of these fears. I don't, I want to be so interested in healing and delivering people from chains that I will ask again and again and again and again, and I will lay hands on people again and again and again and again. I want to speak healing. I want to sing healing. I want to touch healing. I want to cry healing. I want to shout healing. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the fire because my God will deliver me. My God is able and he will deliver me and deliver us. There are people in our midst with broken backs, debilitating arthritis, hearing loss, kidney problems, Crohn's disease, celiac, cancer, autoimmune disorders, addictions, learning disabilities, mental health issues, and in general, a bunch of us are just getting plain old. <laughs> this is true. 
but like confident children, we will keep believing for healing. And we will be okay when we're not. As God's spirit is hovering over us, helping us, comforting us, with us. But signs and wonders accompany the preaching of the good news to all peoples. There's something I think about signs and wonders that comes about preaching the good news. Sometimes I wonder if we're just here thinking about us and praying for us, and then we're afraid to go out and believe for others. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't want to be like that. I remember one time at work, Aaron, there was a gal there who had a hurt back. And he was courageous enough to pray for her. And he prayed for her that her back would be straightened. <laughs> and he was praying for healing for her. But the next day she came in and she's like, well, my back is really straight today. <laughs> he prayed for my back to be straight and it's really straight, but it isn't healed. <laughs> and he was like, wow, Lord, you took me too literally, God. <laughs> we don't understand exactly how that worked or why the Holy Spirit moved that way or why, but that woman remembered that God did something and straightened her back. <laughs> There's something about preaching the good news that signs and wonders follow. I preparing today for this, everyone, I was like, I wanna be more bold. I wanna be more courageous. I wanna be listening to the Holy Spirit. I loved last week when Sharon said that when she comes to church and she's sitting here in worship, she's like, Lord, use me today. If we don't have to do that every Sunday, but do you ever come in here and sit down and say, Lord, use me today. How do you want me to use me today? Who can I pray for? Is there a prophetic word? Is there a word of encouragement? Is there just a touch or a hug? that someone needs. Lord, use me today. Who needs to hear about the kingdom of heaven? Who needs to experience unconditional love? Who needs to hear about the hope they can have in Jesus? We want to learn the ways of Jesus. How do we do this practically? How do we do this practically? Are we ready? I have an expectation, y'all, that we're going to try and do this practically. You can let me know if that's realistic or not later, <laughs> or if you agree to it or not. First, just like Jesus' example, we spend time with the Holy Spirit, letting our doing flow from our being. Did we all get that? Have we all heard that? Amen? Thanks. Second, like Sharon, ask the Lord to use you. Holy Spirit, use me today. How do you want to use me today, Holy Spirit? Third, study healings and miracles. Talk to people who have experienced them. We're so thankful. Monica is hopefully listening to us in the nursery uh, right now with the little kids. Monica wanted to have a baby, and she experienced the miracle of being able to give birth because we prayed for her, and it was a miraculous healing. Talk to her. Say, how did that happen? What happened? How did that work? It was related to deliverance. It was amazing. We have little John running around here now. There's little James and there's little John. <laughs> Sharon has a story. She's listening to her, da her daughter-in-law preach at First Presbyterian today. But I was like, Sharon, you got to tell the story. Her son had debilitating arthritis. 
he would crawl when he was like nine years old. It's either nine or 12. That's why I need her to tell the story. But he was nine or 12 and he would crawl from his bedroom to his parents' bedroom in so much pain. And one night when he was sleeping, they prayed for him and he was healed. Ask Sharon, Sharon, how do you operate in gifts of healing? Stanley fell from a ladder in Indonesia, I think. And his head was injured. They were fearing for his life. All these stories in Indonesia. And he was healed. Ask Stanley how it happened, why he thinks it happened. What happened, Stanley? Why did it work that way? Fourth, be courageous. Ask people what they want, if they want to be healed. There's lots of examples in scripture of Jesus asking people, what do you want? One example, there were two blind men sitting at the roadside when they heard that Jesus was coming into town and they start shouting out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And it says in verse 32 that Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked, Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. That's amazing. But Jesus often asks people, what do you want? He does it at the pool of Bethesda. He's like, what do you want? And the man says, I want to be able to walk. I want to be made well. I love um, Matthew 20, verse 29 through 34. Next, Jesus had compassion on them. Oops, sorry, I got lost there. Luke says in a similar or possibly the same story, that as soon as these blind people got healed, immediately, or blind man Bartimaeus, sorry, I've got my stories mixed up, immediately he realized his sight, received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God, and then all the people saw it, and they also praised God. It results in a praising of God. It's so beautiful. When we're healed, praise God. So, I have lots of friends because we're people who believe in healing because I run with a bunch of people who believe in healing. I sometimes find myself in awkward situations in restaurants where I'm meeting someone for coffee and all of a sudden the person I'm sitting with is like ready to ask the person getting our tip. Are you ready to be healed? Do you want a prophetic word from God? Do you know who Jesus is? And I'm always like, I don't like that, honestly. Because <laughs> I feel like the person who's serving me who's waiting for a tip or who has to provide me customer service cannot say no to me. I think it's infringing on people's space. I'm like, let's not do that. People came to Jesus and Jesus offered things. He's like, do you want this? Would you like this? Are you interested? And then he heals them. So there's this boldness and this courage that we should have but there's also respect. There's also respect for the people we're with. Be polite. Jesus listened to people. He listened to people. He didn't just come in, sign the wonders from above. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's hard for me. So I am so excited. I want everybody to be speaking in tongues and baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire and jumping up and down. 
That's what I want. I eagerly desire this. I mean, my kids are watching a movie last night about Jesus touching people. I'm like crying. I'm like, I want everybody to experience the goodness of God. That's how God feels about us. And yet Jesus restrained himself. He was meek, power under control, waiting for people who were hungry, waiting for the Holy Spirit to do it. The next thing we do, we lay hands on people. Mark 6 through 14 says they drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. That's why we do that. That's why, oh, I brought oil today. Anybody wants oil? It's not special oil. It's just baby oil in a little container. It's just a prophetic act. It's just a picture. It's not just that, though. It's the Holy Spirit combined with your faith. So it's not just baby oil. See the paradox we live in? (laughs) Finally, we love people in every way. All of this, I wanted to bring double stuffed Oreos today. I ran out of time because last week I talked about double stuffed Oreos. I was like, I'm going to start an an Oreo for you and an Oreo for you. And I was just going to start throwing them out there. Because I like, you know, the double stuff is the love. Remember 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, love in the middle. So back to Rachel's words. I just thought she put it so beautifully in her newsletter. Daily, the Sakura team, daily, goes out to share the love of Jesus. They share Bible stories in their community. They're in a community. They lead Bible studies and pray for those in need. Along with that, they also care for people's tangible needs by providing food, cleaning, or caring for the elderly and children. They understand the presentation of the gospel needs to be holistic, meeting both the physical and spiritual needs of people. Amen. Oreos. Okay. So Kathy and the team, if anybody would like to come up, um, they're just going to play some music for a bit. And then I'm going to ask, would anybody in this room like to be healed? Eyes, knees. We prayed a lot for the doll family eyes. <laughs> We've prayed a lot for kidneys. We've prayed a lot for our, our people with arthritis. We've prayed for so much and we're not going to quit praying. But if you would like prayer, would you please stand to your feet today? If you would like prayer for healing. Yes, right now. Okay. If you would like to lay hands on them and pray for them, will you please head that direction to lay hands on them? So you got to stay right there because Kay always wants to pray for other people, but she stood up because she needs prayer. So if you would like to pray, we're just going to wait Tell people, I think I can move around. So I'm going to go lay hands on someone here. Are you standing for prayer? Okay, come on. Okay, good. Elise has got, okay, good. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you are hovering 
over this person right now. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to operate in gifts of all healings, all sorts of gifts of healings for all the different things represented here in this place. We just speak healing in the name of Jesus over each person standing. We speak life. We speak order. We speak the presence of God. We rebuke the devourer. We rebuke the demonic. We rebuke generational curses. And we just release healing right now in the name of Jesus over eyes, over knees, over wombs, over hearts, over emotions, over mind, over blood, over bones, over immune systems, over cancer. We rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus. We rebuke arthritis and kidney and um, eating and nutrition issues in Jesus' name. We just release healing in this place. We come to you as children, God, with full expectation, full of faith that you would heal. We bring our needs as children coming to a loving God and believe you, Lord, for healing. Lord, I also pray for each person in this place that you would build faith among us. There'd be a people of faith and boldness and courage and respect and honor and love. That the gospel can go forth, that people can know you, Jesus, that your glory and your name will be known among all peoples. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for praying with us. Um, happy Mother's Day. Um, to those mothers, we just honor you and respect you and appreciate you. Um, to those of you who um, need a touch from God like a mother hen, some of us need that. We'd love to pray for you today, and we bless you all in Jesus' name. Have a beautiful week.